It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And then I don't know who this person is, but there's somebody online currently who is, for what, and it's not the guy from Denver, but it's somebody who is just claiming that quarterbacks who run won't win or anything like that talking about, and they're actually referring to Jalen hurts uh, that Jalen hurts ran the ball too much against the green Bay Packers on Saturday night or Sunday night, excuse me. Yeah. Saturday night football would be amazing in the NFL, but in any event, like these guys can't maintain it, can't be successful. And I think that what we saw out of Jalen hurts is the perfect situation. Like if he needs to run the football, he can certainly do that, but he can also throw the ball. And I will say this, that once we have the offensive line upgrades and once we bring in another wide receiver, then I think, you know what, Justin's not going to run as much. He's going to throw the ball a little bit more, but still have the ability to run, kind of like the way Josh Allen does it for the Buffalo Bills. And that's the way every quarterback should be. I know Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl last year as a statue, but I think you still have to have some mobility to be successful. These pocket passers are not going to last. Matthew Stafford cannot run. And he's missed the last couple of games with a concussion. So it's not running the football that is going to get quarterbacks hurt. Football is going to get football players hurt. That's what it comes down to. And I think when Justin's out there running, I think he has a better ability to protect himself. Sometimes these injuries happen. I think it's forcing these guys to play through injuries more detrimental than whether you're running or passing or whatever it is. So please stop the narratives. I think it's just better to have a quarterback who puts up points. Last week, the Bears, who had been averaging close to 30 points per game with Justin Fields, scored 15 with Trevor Simeon. And this is no disrespect to Trevor Simeon. Your best quarterback is Justin Fields, and the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the points. We want quarterbacks who score points. Don't take this dream away from us. We've been waiting too long. And and, uh, Sammy... Let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports Entertainment. Like no other, it's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank, a look back at what happened over the weekend for the Chicago Bears while also taking a look forward uh, at what's to come, of course, this week being Packers week. uh, There's going to be a lot of interest. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, it's good Pretty good chance he's going to play this weekend, which is pretty much what we expected. And right now, though, before we get into that, let's bring in our co-host. Uh, you know her from Fox. All sorts of good stuff. CHGO. She's all over the map in a good way. In a good way. Please welcome Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how was your Thanksgiving? How was Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota was great. I have absolutely nothing, no complaints. I was really looking forward to that because I'd never been to U.S. Bank Stadium. And it was one of the best, like... The pre-show was insane. All of the traditions and stuff up there are great. Uh, I know Bears fans probably don't want to hear me gush about Vikings fans and and how you know great the atmosphere was, but it was. It was awesome, and I thoroughly enjoyed a, a very exciting. What was ended up being a very exciting game, so. and a really good wonderful. press box spread. They had really good. I got my turkey dinner after all. See, I was uh, I was following along on Twitter with you. Uh, I saw that you went to Matt's home of the Juicy Lucy. That was a big one. 
I was going to tell you either to go there or there's a couple of Vietnamese places because it's it's one of the best places for Vietnamese food in the in the world. Uh, so I'm glad that you I'm glad you had a uh, good time, even though the Vikings won. I don't hate the bite. Like, I know that I make jokes about the Vikings. I really don't. I feel like we're simpatico with them. So we're very like we're we're almost on the same page, but it's the Packers fans. Uh, we don't like them at all. But uh, what did you see from the Vikings? Are they though? I know this is a Bears podcast, but do you think that they're back? Like they're a real team? I tend to feel like they're fraudulent. But what did you think of them? I mean, listen, I totally understand that. Like the Vikings historically have given us no reason to trust them, right? Like this has been a team that has had some epic collapses in some big, big time moments on national stages that kind of set this narrative for the rest of the country to be like, all right, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's totally fair. And I totally get it. But like, after being in the locker room, after seeing just, just this entire season too, I mean, yes, have they been really critically tested? I mean, they were against the bills and they passed that test, yeah. but this locker room is so supportive of each other. They're like, being in locker rooms and getting a vibe just in general for how much fun the team has with each other is, is a big part of building a winning, like the culture is a really big part of building a winning program in the league. And I think they have that up there. And I think that all of these guys are having so much fun and they really trust each other. I mean, Kirk Cousins got on the podium right after the game and said that it meant the world to him to have the support of his teammates and the staff and that he's never really experienced support like this before and he just knows that they have his back no matter what happens. And so I thought that that was really nice. He kind of brought it up unprompted too. Yeah. So like, I just, I think that that it can carry you a lot further than people give it credit for. Uh, that being said, I mean, they have that, like, we're going to see down the stretch. They're obviously going to make the postseason. If it's an early exit, I think that that will confirm a lot of people's hypothesis that yes, this is the same old Vikings team. But I mean, if they win a game and they kind of go, further in this NFC playoff race, I think that you have to give it to them and you have to realize that, yeah, I mean, they're a very complete team. They just don't have a lot of depth and that's scary. Uh, yeah. Andrew Booth Jr. just went down for the season too, which he had been in and out all season, not the start that he wanted to his career, but that secondary depth is very concerning. Uh, but they do have Patrick Peterson leading the way, who's just a gem and a, like a gem of a human. Yeah. I can't say enough about Pat Pete. Um, and he, he's, he's very confident in his unit. So yeah, that's part of the problem with this Vikings team is too many of them seem like they're good guys, and I don't care for that. Whereas the Packers, <laughs> you're like, ah, the Packers, you're like, I, I don't. I, that's not true because like Aaron Jones seems like a good guy. There's a lot of uh, good guys on the Packers roster. No, no, for sure. <laughs> a lot of sure. these guys are great everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. What about Aaron Rodgers? Though, speaking of not great, no, <laughs> it, it looks like, and I know that he said it on the Pat McAfee show that everything looks like it was trending this way. Was there ever any doubt that? Aaron Rodgers was going to show up in Chicago one last time uh, to make us all miserable. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the fact that he left the door open so wide after his post-game press conference, like I was kind of shocked that he did get on Pat McAfee today and say, yeah, I'm planning on playing. And I'm like, for, for multiple reasons, right? Like not just because, you know, he's hurt, he's banged up all sorts of, but like just from a game planning standpoint, like, I mean, Matt Eberflus mm. kind of takes this to uh, the nth degree <laughs> of trying to keep opponents guessing, but like, there's no incentive for you to reveal that you're playing on a Tuesday. Like you just like, there's, there's no incentive for that. Yeah. Um, and especially with Green Bay working out a quarterback and like, like you, you could have milked that a lot longer than you did. Totally. Um, I like, I don't, it's just funny because I feel like this is a weird backhanded compliment though to the bears. Yeah. Like Rogers, like the bears live in his head regardless of, yeah, he owns them and whatever. And like the record shows he does like yeah. the record speaks for itself and it's unfortunate for bears fans, but like he's wanting to play through excruciating pain, multiple injuries just so he can stick it to Chicago. One last like, time. One last time. Well, I don't know. It'll be one last time. I still think that, I mean, he's coming back next year. Does Las, does Las Vegas, do we play Las Vegas next year? Uh, I don't know. That, that's the only way we would, that's the only way we'd, we would face him. Is if he gets traded. I mean, you're talking like a $40 million dead cap hit. Uh, if that, but oh, I don't yeah. necessarily think that that might not be worth it at this point for Green Bay. What I don't agree with also, and like, this is just, this is still the Aaron Rodgers show, and that's blatantly apparent because if it wasn't, 
you would not play him. You would see yeah. what you have in Jordan Love right now. You have this opportunity to do so. You're not benching Aaron Rodgers. You're not doing like this is a golden opportunity to be like, yeah, he's hurt. So we're going to throw our f- first round pick that we traded up for yeah. out there to evaluate him as ahead of having to decide on whether or not to give him the fifth year option this coming May. Like you have to have, you have to get Jordan Love some significant snaps to evaluate him. And yeah. you've just been gifted, like the door is now open for you to do that without pissing Aaron Rodgers off, without like creating all of this drama. It's Rodgers is hurt. Put Jordan Love in. And like, yeah, I mean, Rodgers was also talking on the Pat McAfee show about like, well, get through the Bears, then get to the bye week and get healthy. Yeah. And I'm like, are you planning on playing out the rest of this season, this lost oh. season? Because that is not doing anyone any favors at this point. Not even yourself. He doesn't want to do the Packers any favors. They're the ones who traded up. He wants to make them look like the bad people. Yeah. And I think I that know, even with this week, he's, like he's, he's playing. It's kind of like, um, gosh, when Doug Williams, when the, Doug Williams was a quarterback back in the 80s. Um, nah, I, I know you know. I know you know. But I mean, like for people who Great don't guy. remember, yeah. um, he played for the Washington football team back in the 80s. And he was injured during the Super Bowl in 87 where they did, where they destroyed the uh, the Denver Broncos and he would not come out of the Super Bowl because he didn't want his backup Jay Schrader to get in there and he's like every time my knee hurt and I looked over at Jay Schrader I stayed in the game and I feel Aaron Rodgers is that type of petty like you know what you guys traded up for a quarterback in the first round when you didn't need one like I'm going to make you guys suffer and they're going to make Matt they're going to make Matt LaFleur stand up to him which will be the which will be the uh, the emphasis for him to demand a trade to be like, well, I can't be here. You know, I tried to play. I told them I was playing, and then they wanted to go with Jordan Love. So why don't they just go to Jordan Love now? I'm all into the conspiracy theories. Now, I've, listen, Rogers, you want to get into the conspiracy theory game? Uh, I'm happy to do it with you. Happy to trade blows. Well, and go on there's. It. I mean, I would be scared if I were him too because you like. There's the age old adage of like relationships where like you lose them how you get them. So like if you yeah. were the mistress and you pull a person away from their significant other, like then initially like you're going to be cheated on too. Like yeah. that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers did that to Brett Favre. He came in when, when Favre was hurt and then he started the next season and they got rid of like, this has happened to Aaron Rodgers or like, this is what Aaron Rodgers did. So now he's afraid karma, fate, whatever you want to call it is coming right back around for him. He, he knows all, all of that. So he knows all too well. He knows what it's like to be the hot young thing. Right. Everything, on, everything on him was tight back in the day. Now and he's honestly, got all this loose skin. Him, him wanting to play so bad also makes me think that Jordan Love is really good. Like he's Maybe. like he's threatened by Jordan Love. Could be. I mean, Packer fans were all ready to put him in the Hall of Fame after two drives against the Eagles. It's like he looks good. Uh, by the way, Christian Watson was the guy who scored that touchdown. Like Christian Watson took a dump off basically across the middle yes, and raced and 60 did. yards. And he's like, look how good Jordan Love is. You're like, well, <laughs> I, I would hope Jordan Love could make that throw. Yeah. I do want to talk though about our quarterback. Sure. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen with Justin Fields? I don't know. I don't have any inside information or anything like that, but I don't know. I if I had to guess today on Tuesday, I think he's playing. What do you think? I mean, you see how much Aaron Rodgers is going through it. And, like, even Justin Fields said it last year against the Packers. Like, he hates these guys. Like, he has bought into this culture, this this rivalry in general. So, I mean, like, I think that he's going to try to play. But, like, we talk all the time about coaches and and personnel staff and medical staff even having to save these guys from themselves. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm concerned about with Justin Fields, because like there is no reason to risk further injury. And like if it was just an AC joint, I've talked to guys that have had AC joint injuries like there is no like it's painful, but you can you can remedy the pain in certain ways and there's no risk for further damage. But Justin Fields said that he had partially torn tendons, which leads me to believe that there is there is a chance or a risk for further injury because if they're partially torn that means that they're more susceptible to being torn further yeah. so like that's something and then and then that's something that like you're talking about a rehab process you're not getting into the swing of things in a full off season again like you're starting from you know a, you're starting backwards again so like i don't love the idea and if you want to talk about conspiracy theories i had this one 
All right. Um, I don't know if this if the team would do this. This is probably me stretching and taking it a lot further. But I'm like, well, what if Justin is done for the year? And they know Justin is done for the year, but they're not right. putting him on IR and right. they're not doing any of that because of the fact that Matt Eberthus loves to play this who's starting. I don't know. Prepare for both quarterbacks. Yeah. And like to his credit, when you have two quarterback options like Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon, who are very different quarterbacks, defenses have to prepare for both of those guys completely differently. So, yeah. like, it is in your best interest to keep them guessing for as much flack as we give Matt Eberflus for doing that all the time. I never do. There's something, like, yeah, all right, fair. But, like, he's like he's very extreme in, like, you know, the injury reports that he gives, and he's very, you know, mysterious and everything about that. But, like, you have every incentive to do that. And so I'm like, well, what if Justin is done for the year, but they want to, at least maybe even for the Packers, like, they wanted to hold out through the Packers to – Give them just, you know, some sort of questions. And again, I'm probably reaching. But if yeah. we're going to go down conspiracy theory, I love it. conspiracy theories, I think that they, they don't plan on Justin playing anymore. They don't want him to risk further injury. But why not just keep him on the roster and play this little game every week uh, if he's going to play or not and throw off your opponents a little bit? I love it. I love it. And I've got something to say about Matt Eberflus. Uh, but before I clear the air on that, I do want to let people know that we spend 90% of our time indoors and indoor air can be five times dirtier than the air outside. An air pura, air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, and viruses from your breathing air. That's right. The kids are back in school after Thanksgiving break here in the United States. And they come back with all these viruses. All the kids are hacking drop off. It's a, it's a nightmare every morning. But if you go to, if you go to airpura.com and use the code SICK7, you'll get 7% off your purchase at www.airpura.com. Uh, do it today. And uh, before the, you know, before all the all the UPS drivers get their trucks full with gifts, go get your Airpura Air Purifier right now. Now, I do want to say this about Matt Eberflus because on Monday night, of course, I do the uh, game day final with Chase Daniel, former Bears quarterback, D'Angelo Hall, who was in studio with us. And we had a nice conversation about Matt Eberflus. And of course, Eberflus was the Missouri defensive coordinator when Chase was at uh, Mizzou. And he was like, you know what? He was one of the most popular coaches of all. Like, they loved him. The players loved him. And then D'Angelo was chiming in as well. And I'm sorry that I'm speaking on their behalf. But he was like, yeah, they players love him. The guys in Indianapolis love him. So if there are any guys who are possible free agents from Indianapolis, guys who could be traded from Indianapolis, that's something to keep an eye on moving into the offseason. I was talking about in Gawkway, um, him being a possibility, but you know what? He didn't he didn't inter, he didn't intersect with Eberflus. So I was I look like an idiot. Although, <laughs> although I did tell Chase he thought Rocky Asin was still on the Colts. I'm like, nope. He's in the Raiders. He's like, oh, yeah. So I would I take can't. Shaq Leonard, though. Right? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's just make I, that. I don't know the logistics behind any of that. But, I mean, no. I mean, that's what I heard at the very beginning of training camp. Not only do his players yeah. love playing for him, his coaches love coaching for him. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I listen, I, I still trust the process that's happening right now. Same. It's not a good oh, year I've, for the Bears. It's not a good year, but that's fine. The you should be elated as a Bears fan for what this team has the potential to do just in one short offseason. Like this rebuild, this turnaround, like rebuilds can take years. We're looking at literally a year, like a calendar year yeah. of a turnaround, given all of the capital and stuff that they have and the moves that they've already made and the, the, their willingness to think to the future, which is what makes me also think that maybe Justin Fields is done because they don't want to risk further injury for him. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. And there's, uh, you know, there's so much going on and you think about how competitive the bears were with Justin Fields where you're like, okay, like I, I feel like that part of it's settled and we got to go out and use our, our cap space wisely, our draft picks wisely. Right. And I didn't want to bring this up because obviously first, a couple of things I want to kind of get off my chest is number one, let the George Pickens thing go. Like, oh, you know yeah. what? There were 30 players we could have drafted who would have helped out this team. Ryan Poles went out there and drafted two guys who have played well this season, even though they were in concussion protocol and missed Sunday's game. 
Look how much worse good. the Bears' defense was without them, though. Exactly. So there were plenty of guys. Don't focus in on one. Last night, again, on game day final, I went through the list. Go back and look at the list of wide receivers drafted ahead of George Pickens, including guys like Tyquan Thornton, uh, even Traylon Burks. Like, no disrespect to our producers who are also Titan fans. Like, there are a lot of guys you can go through. Even if you want to go and look at Baltimore, who took Kyle Hamilton instead of taking George Pickens, I think Christian Watson's going to be in that mold, although we didn't really pass on Christian Watson. The thing of it is, you know what? When you have so many needs, there's only so many draft. We it wasn't like we were recruiting these guys and we missed out. Like you only get a limited number of guys that you can pick. I think ultimately we're going to look back. Both of our guys ended up being great players. Pickens can be a fine player. It doesn't matter to me because and we need to stop talking about it. Number one. Number two. I saw this online as well, Carmen. I'm sorry. People were like, "Well, we traded that second round pick for Chase Claypool." And now it looks like it could be pick number 34. And people are like, well, is it too rich for pick 30? Like we traded pick 34 for Claypool. The, the way you need to look at it is that we have Baltimore's pick, which ends up being in the 50s. Six, not, shouldn't be in the 60s, but we'll be in the 50s, maybe the l- late 40s. To me, it's like we moved up or we moved down. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we yeah, still yeah, have a second round pick. Like, so we got, you know, we still get a second round pick. We just moved down to trade up. Like we traded up for Chase, which I'm fine with. I think that, right. you know, I think he has the respect of Sauce Gardner who couldn't stop tackling him every time he beat him. Um, I think that was very significant. Like a lot of people that kind of didn't think about that. I'm like, he turned, like Sauce Gardner has been turning, like has been pretty good this year. Yeah. And Chase Claypool turned him around. Both of those should have been pass interferences. One of them he caught. So I think it's okay. I think that's I I, I don't know. I Yeah, you, I think I think Chase Claypool suffers from the Mike Evans uh big receiver syndrome where you just don't get those calls because you're so big. So like it just doesn't happen. But no, I mean, I think that that was entirely worth it especially when you consider how expensive going and getting a free agent wide receiver would be. I mean, yes, the Bears have the cap space to do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that can't be allocated elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and to get a to get a player of equal caliber as Chase Claypool in free agency would have been extremely like that's a that's a very high priced position. Yeah. So you're going to spend a lot of money on that. Here you don't spend a lot of money on Chase. You get to figure out you know if he's if he should be here for the long term before you pay him, which is great. And then yeah, like you said, you only move down in the second round, um, yeah. which I think was worth it to have Chase come in at the time that he did and again, be able to evaluate him because if he ends up being a really good contributor, we're not having this conversation at all because moving down 20 spots in the second round is going to be entirely well worth it. Um, I just, but like, again, he's in a brand new system, brand new quarterback, all this stuff. Like we don't, we shouldn't evaluate him yet. And if that pick was worth it or, you know, if moving down was worth it for him, yeah, just just give it a little bit of time. And then next year, when he's got a better cast around him, you know, especially now that Darnell Mooney is out for the season, he's going to be back next year. Like, yeah, you just I, like to hold out judgment on that. But as of right now, I think that it has the potential to turn into a very like a steal. No, 100 percent. And so I'm not again, just reframe the way your mind views that we move down 20 spots to move up to get Chase Claypool, which is fine. So I, I think we're going to be fine. And then when we trade a sixth round pick for Mike Evans, I think we're going to, it's going to be gravy. What is, what is, what now he's got, like, he's owed a ton of money. So I was wondering about this. I would like to ask you this question before we turn it to the audience. Last year, the Cowboys gave away Amari Cooper for a sixth round pick. The reason being not because he wasn't good was because of the money issue. Yeah. Could Tampa Bay, could, could Tampa Bay be in a similar situation with Mike Evans next year? Um, given what, how much I know Mike and how much I know that he loves playing in Tampa. I mean, there's, there's definitely extenuating circumstances and especially if Tom doesn't come back and like the direction of the franchise just is very unclear and all the other stuff. I'm not going to rule that out, but this is a guy that, I mean, he's restructured his contact, his contract more times than I can count, um, in order to make certain acquisitions happen, like some salary cap magic happen for the the guys in that front office, Mike Greenberg, Jackie Davidson, girls, actually guys and girls. Um, Mike has been such a team player 
and he loves Tampa. He has charity set up in Tampa. He's got his house in Tampa. He's got his house in Gallup. Like his family is comfortable in Tampa. Um, he loves playing for the Bucks. But again, I mean, I realize that money talks, uh, yeah. but like if there's a way that they can make it happen and it really, and I mean like the Glazers have every incentive to want to keep him too. And so a lot of those times, like his salary can be converted into signing bonuses, which means that he gets the money up front and stuff like that. And that's a lot of the stuff that he's done um, yeah. as far as restructuring to lessen his cap hit. And so it's something that he's very open to do doing. Um, so I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that like him moving uh, or getting, getting to move him um, is something that would be high on their priority list or, or on his for that matter. He's, he's such a team player. I can't say enough about Mike. I really can't. All right. He's, he's one of the best. He is All one right. of the best. That's why I would li- love for him to play for the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. I would love to have him and his family in, in Chicago. That would be fantastic. But it doesn't sound like a bet that we should be making. And speaking yeah. of things like betting and perhaps fantasy football, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code SICK. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Listen, if you're sitting there today and you're like, my fantasy team is not going to make the playoffs, well, you want a new start of it. You want to play one of these pick 'em contests, some of these over under. Like, there are so many ways to get some action, some fantasy action going on the underdog fantasy app. I implore you to go and download it right now. Sign up. You get 100 bucks matching, matching. They're going to match it. Like, whatever you want to do, plays 50 50s, best ball, whatever it is. Go out there, take advantage of all that Underdog has for you. You will not be disappointed. And it's a cool app to have on your phone because if, you know, Raheem Mostert is inactive or something, then you can be like, ooh, I got to make sure he's out of my other leagues as well. It's, it's a great resource. But speaking of great, we have some great fans here. I know you guys have been waiting, chomping at the bit to ask some questions. So, Sammy, if you can pull up one of them right now. Uh, Charlie wants to know, where do you think the Bears draft first, offensive line or defensive line? Or does Ryan Poles just kind of like, is there too much in front of that before we can really make a determination? No, I mean, I think I would go D-line, uh, especially if the Bears have a top five pick. Uh, also, I, I think that Ryan Poles has the utmost confidence in his ability to evaluate offensive linemen. So I don't think that I mean, it would be a really great story if Peter Skaronsky got to stay home in Chicago, the Northwestern yeah. guy that, I mean, I just adore. Uh, he's the highest graded college offensive lineman right now. And I just love that for Northwestern. Go Cats. Right. But that being said, I think that Ryan Poles knows that he can hit in the later rounds with offensive linemen because he knows exactly how to evaluate these guys. Not that he doesn't know how to evaluate D linemen, but um, especially like with the pass rushers, um, that and when I say D line, I mean pass rushers. I don't think that you take an interior D lineman until later on. Um, but if you have those top picks, like a top five pick, go after one of the premier pass rushers. If not, trade down. <laughs> yeah, I still am under the impression that we end up trading down at some point and yeah. trying to accumulate more picks. Especially currently, the Bears have the number number two overall selection. I don't want to put the cart before the horse or anything like that, but if the Bears were the number two pick because of the quarterback situation, one of those teams is going to want to jump up yeah. and get uh, the other guy, C.J. Stroud, yeah. I would imagine. I just think somebody makes that deal. And there's like a number of teams who have multiple first-round picks. Seattle, multiple first-round picks, things like that. So I could see a situation where the Bears are like, you know what, we got to move on or we got to move this pick. It would be delightful uh, to get one of the kids from, you know, the SEC who have been playing so well. But I think ultimately you need more talent on this team. And so I think that's probably the best way for us to go. And plus, you know, the draft happens after free agency. You know, Ryan Poles yeah. is going to attack it one way or the other. Yeah. Then that will dictate what happens to us in the I also, draft. I also think, yeah, that like offensive linemen, I, I would see a lot of value in bringing in. I know they'd be expensive, but a veteran offensive lineman to add some experience because you're really, really young up front. Totally. Um, there. So I would like to see maybe some more, like what we thought Lucas Patrick could be, you know, playing center, yeah. <laughs> being the anchor of that line, the one that has experience that, you know, was going to galvanize mm-hmm. this, this this unit and kind of bring it together, which never came to fruition, unfortunately. Never but, happened. Yeah, he played a quarter at center. <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh, we don't. Really, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same from the guard spot. I know that he had more time in the guard spot, but when I'm talking about 
you know, anchoring an offensive line and, yeah. you know, making sure that, you know, that experience comes through like the center can is has the most, I mean, the center is the only other player other than the quarterback to touch the ball every, every play. So it's a crucial position. And I would have really have liked to seen him to have seen him play that. But, Oh my God, that was one of the things that's been the biggest bummer of the yeah. entire, I mean, obviously with Justin being hurt right now, uh, also kind of a thing, but the Lucas Patrick situation, I just wonder how different the season could have been if Lucas Patrick had never gotten hurt, he'd gotten an opportunity to be the center that we thought he was going to be able to be. Uh, unfortunately, who knows? Maybe next year. Um, let's go to another question, Sammy, if we got one. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in your – Bears forever. In your guys' opinion, is the value of drafting a player like Will Anderson too great to consider trading back? I feel a player like him can really put the Bears – back on the map on their own. Carmen, I'm going to let you field this one real quick. I got to plug in my computer. This apparently <laughs> has not been charging. My computer is blinking right now. So if something happens, uh, I'm just plugging it in. What it. Do you think? Like Will Anderson it. is an amazing player. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about him? No, I mean, like that's one of those guys where he's going to make you sorry for non-drafting him. Like he's going to, he's, he's going to be Micah Parsons where you're going to be like, I don't know how many, like how people could have ever passed on him or whatever. And I don't think they will. I think that, you're only in the conversation for Will Anderson if you have that, you know, top three pick, essentially, um, unless, you know, teams trade up. And if you if you can trade down a couple spots because, you know, and then, you know, every other team is about to take a quarterback. That's about the only instance I could see in trading down and still having a chance at Will Anderson. But yeah. I I tend to think that, I mean, you can build around a guy like that. I mean, he is so, so impressive just in watching him so far this season and um, that's something, you know, the pass rush is something that's lacking in Chicago yeah. right now. And that like, that's someone that, that is a franchise changer completely. And yeah. so I would be, I, I wouldn't want to make that decision. I'll put it that way. I, I think that if you have the chance to get him, that you, you do get him and you don't trade down. I think that, you know, it would be worth whatever return you were about to get um in order to draft him but that's a lot of pressure on a player but again if you're gonna if you're being taken that high you deserve that you know that's that's that that comes with the territory not you deserve it but it comes with the territory i feel like the perfect situation is kind of like the trubisky where if the bears were the number two team and the number three team is somebody who's in the market for a quarterback let's say it's seattle i know it's not well no because seattle could be in the mix detroit it could, could be, be it, it could be detroit because they yeah. have that pick from the rams <laughs> Yeah, which is crazy. So great. I mean, we figured that Detroit's going to be picking outside the top 10 if this keeps up because they've got a better record than, you know, many were whatever. And but they're still going to have a top three. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the Rams don't look like it wouldn't shock me if the Rams don't win another game this season. And when you're a team that is playing as poorly as they are, and they don't have a first-round pick to go get a quarterback of the future, unless you're going to ride Matt Stafford for a number of years still. Uh, it's going to be a tough road for them. But that's the thing. Like, if you Let's say there is a team at number three who needs a quarterback, and if the Bears are currently at two, then you'd be like, listen, we either trade this pick to Seattle or you trade up a spot to where we would slide down one spot, pick up a couple yeah. of extra picks, kind of like uh, San Francisco did to us. I can even think back of the uh, Peyton Manning draft when he was drafted. There was a quarterback by the name of Ryan Leaf who was going after him, but the Arizona Cardinals were picking second, and they didn't need a quarterback. I think they still had Jake Plummer, and so they traded with the they traded with the Chargers. So the Chargers moved up a spot. They ended up trading. They ended up taking Andre Wadsworth. They got like uh, one of the Metcalfs, one of the Metcalfs, the Metcalf. <laughs> well, the Metcalf who would have been playing in the nineties. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I I feel like something like that would be like the perfect situation where you're like, oh, we yes. still get the trade down. We also get the guy that we want, a guy like right. Will Anderson. So to me, I and then at the same time, you know, a lot of people do love the idea, and I mentioned it, and I'm not gonna be upset if we traded down. Like that's it's a good way to roster build as long as you're nailing the picks. I um I don't know. If we take Will Anderson, I'm also cool with that as well. Like, okay. Like, all right, all right, like that's that's the spoils of drafting second is you also get to take an excellent player who is mm -hmm. likely going to contribute immediately. You think about Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa uh, going to San Francisco. Like there's a – that is a recipe for success. Mm -hmm. You know, that was um, – when all that situation happened, that was the year that I was like, oh, the 49ers go 3-13 and 13 or whatever. And you're like, how good is Bosa? 
like Garoppolo's never healthy, and then everything came together, and of course they went all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that that would happen with the Bears, but that would certainly be a big thing for them uh, to get that pass rusher and get some some pressure on the quarterback. Because again, when you talk about like Kyler Gordon and these rookies who are playing in the secondary, if we had guys who could get to the quarterback on a consistent basis, their seasons look remarkably better. And for guys oh, yeah. like Juan Brisker, who, who's already excellent, yeah. uh, it would be amazing. But he wouldn't have to come down and sack the quarterback himself as much. <laughs> I know. And they're they're using. Oh, I think he likes it. So, like, I don't want to take that away from him. I love I love me I love me some downhill safeties that like to hit. Like, please, please, continue to do so. But yeah, it would be nice if he had some actual help on the edge rather than having to be the edge player himself. One hundred percent. How about another question though? If there is one, love bears all. Uh, and in off season, do you expect it to be far more roster turnover on the offense or the defense? I think both sides are going to get hit hit equally. Like, if you think about it. Sunday, you are looking at a team, and I'm talking about starters only. When Jack Sanborn, and this was after Eddie Jackson went out, Jack Sanborn was in the middle. And if you think like Jack Sanborn's a player, he's going to end up being there next year. I'm with you. Okay, that's fair. Jalen Johnson was out there, and then I'm like, you know what? Everybody else might not be a starter next year. That that was a team the Jets were beating, by the way. So I I honestly think the defense gets hit a little bit more than the offense. I think that you probably have more needs on the defense anyway, because I mean, it depends on what you, I guess, do with David Montgomery too, uh, offensively. Uh, but you have the running back position pretty well taken care of. Um, I guess I would like to see, you know, another tight end in there and see if two tight ends could play off each other Two, you know, all around tight ends could play off each other and, and making Cole come out a little bit better. Um, and then you're going to need a receiver. You're going to need some offensive line help, but like you're talking like three, four players there. Whereas, like, defensively, you need multiple interior linemen. You need multiple pass rushers. That's probably three, four guys right there. And then, yeah, like, your linebacking core, you're trying to figure out where Nicholas Morrow lives. He's, you know, he's switching positions back and forth, yeah. like, especially with Roquan gone. And, like, he's trying to figure out how to play one of those three spots, those, those middle linebacker or inside linebacker spots. Um, even if, yeah, Jack Sanborn, you want to hang on to him, I feel like you need to add another guy in there. You need to add more to the corner rotation. Um, so, like, and especially – God, I hope that Eddie Jackson is, you know, ready to go and and fine. But Liz Frank injuries are just so fickle and awful. Um, but yeah, so I think like just literally like within the front seven, though, I think you're already talking like four or five guys. Yeah, are, like, I mean, changing out right there. there. Yeah, so, there's... like yeah, it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be defense. So much work to be done, and of course, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity with all the cap space as well. So. Expect to see a lot of new faces next season, and hopefully they can all mesh together. And I'm sure, you know, we can't even rule out trades, too. You know, if you think about it, you know, going back to the conversation we were having a moment ago about, you know, the Colts could end up breaking it down and be like, we need to start selling off some parts. I mean, who knows what their situation is going to be, especially with Jeff Saturday as the interim coach getting exposed a little bit on Monday night. I I think that was like one of the worst possible scenarios that he could have walked into. I mean, if they would have if they would have rallied to have won that game, against Mike Tomlin, considered one of the better coaches in the NFL, a guy who's never had a losing season. Now all of a sudden you're like, see, this is all working out. But when his – and and it's not like this is uh, – that other you know experienced coaches don't have these these meltdowns with the clock, but it's like that was bad. It was not yeah, a good I mean, season. It was kind of what you were expecting when a guy that's never had any coaching experience is the head coach. Not only that, your play caller on offense is a first-time play caller who's – I mean, Parks Fraser is great. Um, but this is his first time calling plays and he was elevated from an offensive, like, I think QC, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, just two years ago. So like, I mean, that's, that's quite a jump, uh, to also have to not, like, there's so much more to being a football coach than just actually like the X's and O's like, yes, there's the clock management and having to be in the rhythm of the game and figuring out, you know, what resources you have at your disposal disposal and the substitutions and the guys that you should have in there based on who the other team has in there and all like, there's so much that goes into it. And not only have you never done it before, you're in it mid-season with a brand new team that you were not around before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the studio. Yeah, he was in the right. studio. Like, yeah, I mean, like he was the name whatever, but like you're still getting used to your guys. You're still learning their strengths, their weaknesses, who should be out there together, who shouldn't, all that other stuff. And like, it's it's a lot. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like I'm rooting for Jeff Saturday. I think that he's a great guy. I've always loved him, you know, as he's a, a broadcaster. Person. I loved him as a player loved it but like this is 
yes. What, what did we expect? This is exactly what you expect from somebody who has never coached before at this I level. Know. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe he's exceeding the curve. But in any event, uh, how about another question, though, if we got one, Simi? I won't believe in this regime until they finally fix both lines. And, okay, I mean, that's fair. But can you at I least like believe? building through the trenches. I like that. I mean, know, that's the way that they should the do focus it. Focus of that. Yes. That, it feels like what they're trying to do. There's a reason why you bring in Lucas Patrick. They drafted offensive linemen. They brought in veterans like Riley Reef and, and uh, Michael Schofield just to be there. Uh, the first signing uh, was Larry Ogunjobi, who unfortunately wasn't able to pass his physical, and I think he's injured now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't remember seeing him last night. Maybe I did, and I blacked it out. But in any event, you know, like that's what the Bears have been trying to do is, is trying to fix – the offensive and defensive lines, like they know as well as anybody. So, I mean, you can sit there and be skeptical still. And yeah. I don't think anybody's yeah. talking about extensions or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, I, I think that, that that's exactly what they wanted to do. And by the way, you can use uh, the word sick to comment here. If you're watching online, if you're watching through the YouTube, through Facebook, anything like that, just comment sick. If you're listening to us as a podcast, please rate and review the podcast. You don't have to give us five stars, but we would certainly appreciate that. But if you think I'm just meh, like ranks a little mid, like, okay, that's fair as well. Uh, whatever you, whatever your heart desires. If you, if you think I suck, that's fine. I can live with it. But you know, otherwise just rate and review it. We do appreciate that. But, uh, but going back to that, I mean, like you, you're the trench girl, which is a self that you, you gave yourself that nickname. Um, I didn't give myself the nickname. People gave it to me for talking right. about the trenches all the time. I don't give myself nicknames. No one gives themselves nicknames. Nicknames you're supposed to. But you're not adverse to it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I welcome it completely. I'm literally wearing a shirt that says Thick Six on it, and it's got a big man scoring a touchdown. So I love it. I, I, I stay true to the brand. You but no, I, in any event, I love – no, that's absolutely how you should build a football team, and that's what these Bears are doing, and I totally agree. You're, I, I sympathize with you wanting to – hold out and see who they get. I mean, I think Jonathan Jones has had, you know, kind of a, a or Justin Jones rather Justin has Jones, had. Right? Yeah. Jones. Um, he's had a quietly good year on that interior. I don't have a lot of help, but and Armin Watts wow. too. I mean, I've noticed him on more than one occasion and uh, I think Minnesota's missing him a little bit, but that being said, they, they also have Kyra Stonga who the bears got rid of. So they just kind of like swapped guys. Um, yeah. And both, both players are like doing decently well for their respective right. teams. But that being said, yes, like I, that needs to be addressed and you need to kind of build from the outside, from the inside out. And I mean, I have no doubt in my mind, though, that like offensive line is top of mind for this staff uh, with Ryan Poles heading it up. And I would think as a result of that defensive line would be too, especially to make sure that you have a rotation up front that you can, you know, go in and out of because that's what all good defensive lines do now these days, even right. if you're in four, three. Um, so no. yeah, I think it's fair though. Like, yeah, you believe it when you see it, totally get it. But I mean, I think the bears like ownership clearly recognizes that by hiring a guy that has the offensive line background that Ryan Poles does. Yeah. Um, if, if you're building from the ground up, that's a really good foundation to start with. No, I agree, Antoine. I mean, like, that's that's a legitimate thing. Like, if we were sitting there at Joe's Pizza in Wheeler, Illinois, these are the conversations people have. Like, I don't believe in them yet. I'm always more of a positive person of, like, let's give them a chance. And I under, But I also understand people are like, I need to see it. I'm like, okay. Like, that's that's totally fine. I go with a little bit more faith. Some people are more football agnostic. Whatever. We all want the same thing. We all want this team to be very good. And I, But I, I think we all agree it's got to happen through the trenches. I always like to look back. And nobody remembers this, but the 90s Cowboys actually did a really nice job of building through the offensive line. I think one of the first draft picks that Jimmy Johnson made with them was Mark Stefanski, who was their longtime, who ended up being like their longtime center and drafting players like that. Larry Allen was another guy that came along. So I think that that's, that's certainly what they want to do. I think that's the case study that you, 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 you follow. So uh, again, it's cool if you want to wait and see, like, we'll all wait and see. We'll find out here in a couple of years. Uh, whether they did it correctly or not. But I think that that is actually what they want to do. You literally have a, a center's jersey. Right. We're all good. <laughs> I love I'm it. All about them. I love it. Uh, in any event, let's go to another question. 
Uh, Packers week couldn't come at a worse. Of course. Was I there mean, a good time for Packers week to come? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, there's so many injuries. Darnell Mooney goes out. Eddie Jackson yeah. goes out on top yeah. of Gordon and Brisker, who missed the week. Justin might not play. Yeah, this is one of those ones. It's either the worst or the best time because in some <laughs> respects, you're like, you know, nobody's Rogers is really beat up too. I mean, they've suffered some really bad injuries as well. So like both both of these teams are absolutely hobbling into this game. Yeah, and that hobbling. run de- and that run defense for the Packers has not been playing very Horrible. well. So if there's a chance- whatever it was yards, twenty <laughs> something yards they surrendered to the Philadelphia Eagles, Fire. which. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is kind of the prototype that you wish Justin Fields turns into, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that that bodes well for the future. I don't know, again, if Fields is going to play, but. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was talking about in, uh, I know you were in the green room getting ready for the show, but I was talking about that. Like, I don't care how you do it. Like, just go out and get it done. And that, yeah. that the Eagles showed that. And I think that if you're, like, Jalen Hurts has only topped 200 passing yards twice in his last five games. Like he'll he'll pull it in and run. And when you have a lot of talented people around you, uh, you have a variety of different ways to get it done. And I think that that is another key for the offseason yes. where I expect the Bears to address it is the running backs room. Whether David Montgomery returns or not, I think they'll still end up in the market for another running back. Because if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, not only has Miles Sanders been fantastic, but you have uh, Kenny G, Kenny Gainwell. And then Boston Scott is still there making life miserable for fantasy enthusiasts, but it makes it so much better for this Philadelphia Eagles team. So that would be a a way that I would expect us to go. And speaking of a way to go, uh, we got time for one more question uh, before we get to going. Of course, uh, we'll be, we'll be back this week uh, with a Packers preview fantasy Island, all that stuff, but the mile high boost, uh, they may as well start Leatherwood and see if he can be a decent backup. I'm sure they get some, uh, I'm sure they get someone in the free agency or the draft to start. But, yeah, what has been the read on Alex Leatherwood? Like, why have we not seen more of him? I mean, there was there was some injuries that he had that, that he sustained, and that kind of kept him out. But then again, like, he was brought in uh, just to be depth, it seems like. Um, yeah. And I don't think that you have a question on if he's good enough to be a backup. Like, I think that you know that he's good enough to be a backup. Um, well, at least, but- you know, he should be. Especially with, so. you know, the year, the experience he has, the year starting in Las Vegas, like all that other stuff. Um, I mean, they obviously got rid of him for a reason. But if you're not putting too much on him and you're not expecting anything but a backup out of him, I think that you have your answer there. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just a matter of they don't have to play him and then he's had some injury issues as well. Um, yeah, I haven't really talked to any of the guys about him specifically. I'd love to sit down with their online coach, though. Maybe I'll do yeah. that at some point soon. Yeah, when are you going back out? When are you going up to? Uh, when are you going up there to? Uh, Lake well, I'm going to the game this weekend, yes. so I'm um, gonna. And we, yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna. I might. I might end up at Hallis, uh at some point this week. So we'll see. Their Bears have been very great, gracious with me. Oh, they've been. They've been great. I. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest bummer. Is like we never really got to see a return on Justin Fields playing so well because I I, I really wanted that one game where we walked out of it because it was cool being like, Hey, we're scoring points. We're competitive. We're better than people think we're the talk of the NFL. But at some point you wanted that one, one win, like just of, of those games that, that we were playing, like beating the Falcons or whatever it was. And I know it would end up costing us a draft pick or a spot in the draft. I still really wanted that for us. And I wanted that for the guys, because that was one of the things that I was talking about. Whenever somebody says like, I hope we lose, like, would you really walk up to like Jack Sanborn? Be like, hey, how are you doing? Huge Bears fan. Hope you lose this week. Like, I could never imagine saying something like that. So it's kind of a bummer. I will tell you, though, uh, regardless whether you want the team to tank or not, like, we can all admit, like, we we need to beat the Packers. I don't care if it costs us nine spots. Beat the <laughs> Packers. Don't let Rodgers get one more win in Chicago and potentially his last game, right? That would be, yeah, and, and that would that would push you to, what, the second or third tiebreaker because you'd have the same record as Green Bay. You'd split, you'd have split the series one and one with them. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be down to, like, the third tiebreaker, and I'd have to look up to see what that is. I think it's probably strength of schedule at that point. I think, what division, it comes- I think it's division record at that point, and if you have a different one. But, yeah, that would be really funny, though, to end up 
with the Packers and the seller for Bears fans. Oh, it would be amazing. For you I, would, I would also, I, you know what the actual third tiebreaker is? I just looked it up. Um, the starting quarterbacks run a 40 and whoever's <laughs> fastest, they get the pick. So I think yeah, that sounds have, right. I think, sounds right. Edge, I think we'd have the edge there. So it's new. A lot of people don't know this rule, but that is the, that is the next tiebreaker. But listen, uh, we're going to have a lot more stuff here as we get through uh, Packers week. Again, we're, we're searching down a guest right now. Uh, we've done a great job of bringing in Packers, uh, Packers people, the good ones. Like we're not going to bring in Packer Bob or, or that, that other guy, Bukowski, whomever. Don't expect to see them on the shore, but hopefully we'll get a good guest for you this week. Carmen's going to be out there at Hallis Hall, hopefully this week. She's going to be at the game. So where can everybody follow you once again? And what, are we, what, are, what else are we working on? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I'm going to be around the bears for the next, well, they have the bye week after the Packers, but I'm, I'll yeah. be at their game against the Eagles. So a lot more bears content coming up, um, because I'll, I'll be getting to stick around in Chicago for a little bit, uh, um, which is great. So yeah, that'll, that'll be great. But yeah, follow me, Carmi B, uh, all things NFC North and sorry for all the, the talk about the Vikings, Packers and Lions. No, we need it to. I know a lot of people, sometimes people get upset, but I'm like, listen, I know we're a Bears podcast, but I still you know, take an interest in the other teams as well. Like, what do you want? We're talking the same things over and over again. Our quarterbacks hurt. We don't got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about our opponents and talk. Let's make fun of the Vikings and call them frauds. And I know, I'm still so mad at the Lions for getting that Rams pick. And it's going to end up being such a great pick. Uh, Funkbringer. Oh, uh, I love this sweet. show. I wish it would be on seven days a week. How much money you got? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> listen, who knows? Like, listen, you never know. Never say never. But I think for a uh, first year that we started, we we started this back in January. Uh, this is something we're building up. I listen. Who, who knows? Maybe again. Never say never. I'm one of those people. But we love being here with you. I wish I could be here a little bit more. I do have a busy NFL Network schedule, which you know what? Maybe that lessens next year. Who knows? Uh, not going to promise anything. But again, never say never. We love being here. We love being with you. And uh, thank you so much. Like and subscribe. Share it if you want. Rate and review. All that good stuff that helps us out. That's how we end up becoming a seven-day-a-week show uh, with things like that. But for, for Carmi, I'm Adam Rank. This was the Sick Podcast, Chicago. And let's bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.